Hey, hello and welcome back to another episode of the DC Hoops Basketball Podcast. I am your host, yours truly, Dawson Clower. Today, we're going to go over what has happened so far in the NBA bubble, as well as discuss an interesting topic, do teams buy championships? That, coming up next. Welcome back today, guys, to another episode of this podcast. Again, I'm your host, Dawson Cloward. It's good to be back. Um, probably some of you are wondering why I've taken a long time to uh, post another podcast. Um, basically, what has happened is that um, it's just been a weird couple months for me. I uh, had to move up early to uh, start my job back up uh, here in Logan at Utah State. Um, and I was kind of crazy uh, just living at somebody else's place and finally got settled a couple weeks ago into my own place. So that's kind of the main reason why I've not been posting. But, you know, I'm right into a schedule now. So um, should be should be smooth rolling from now on. I plan to post at least one or two times a week. And please let me know if you guys, again, if anyone wants to be on the podcast, please let me know. Uh, I'm planning to do... Uh, the mailbag uh, segments in every podcast now. Basically, what that would be is if someone sends me a text, uh, email, or responds to uh, my Twitter, which is uh, at DCHoops5, um, I'll be posting different questions, different trade scenarios, different ideas, or you can just send me a direct message at uh, really anything uh, about the NBA. Um, just send them my way, and I'll probably take around 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, each podcast and uh, address your guys' questions. Uh, you can send me trade scenarios, uh, what you think, free, like free agency-wise, uh, like hot takes, uh, and then I'll discuss them here on the pod. Uh, so that's the plan. So again, if you have anything, please please send those my way, and I'll make sure to address them. I think that's going to be a great addition to the pod. I'm really excited to. I just I, I like I want a lot more engagement. Like, cause obviously I know I don't have a co-host with me, but uh, especially with the people who do listen to this podcast and who do like the NBA, whether if you're a super fan of the NBA or if you just you know like to tune into basketball and just like watching basketball, uh, I want to interact with everyone because I love the sport of basketball and I'm very passionate about it. So I'd love to talk to it with anyone. So make sure again to uh, send your tweets, send your messages wherever. It, it may be uh, to me, and I can I can uh, talk about those. Um, also, yeah, so another new thing coming to the pod. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on the pod, uh, we would be able to... Uh, I would just be able to invite you via my uh, app, Anchor, and we could, we could rather... We could do it in person if you want to do it over... Um, kind of just over online. I can invite you to a recording room, basically, like on the app, and then we can discuss things. The plan would be to, if I was going to have a guest on, uh, we could just do a, depending on how long you want to be there, because usually podcasts are around like 45 minutes to an hour long. Um, I would want to usually have someone, if, if you just want to be on for like a small segment of it, or if you want to be on the whole episode, I would probably make it, you know, because most people who are listening to this have a favorite team. So, I mean, let's say you're a fan of the Nets and you want to come on the podcast. We'd probably spend at least half that time talking about general things about the Nets, you know, about 
their free agency about how their offseason is going to look, any potential trades we'd want to do, and how they think the roster is looking. Really, anything, and even in their uh, history and anything else like that, we'd, we'd definitely discuss that. And then the other half of the pod uh, would probably just be uh, for anything you guys would want to talk about if you want to discuss, you know, again, like any hot takes or anything from the mailbag. If you want to discuss more things there, we can discuss it, argue about something, because um, that would be definitely be an option. So, yeah, I really want to get guests on this podcast as well, because I want to grow this community, uh, even if it's small right now. I definitely want to maybe even somehow be able to do this for the rest of college if at some point, if I can get my community big enough to be able to uh, help support me with college, that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I just love the NBA. So please, again, those new changes to the pod, I'm really excited to announce. And so if I have anything else that I forgot about, I'll make sure to mention it at the end of the episode. And yeah, that's really all I have for this intro. Again, sorry for me not posting for a bit. I'm going to make sure to make this at least a weekly pod. Um, depending on how busy I am that week, I'll try to get out at least one to two pods per week. And again, if you want to be a guest or if you have any questions or hot takes or whatever, sending my way, if you have my phone number, if you have, if you're following me on Twitter again, at DC hoops, five at DC hoops, five, uh, I'll also start be making, a, an email as well. I'll let you guys know when I make that email, if you, if you'd rather send me an email about anything NBA, uh, please let me know. And I'll kind of make that my business email for this podcast. And yeah, I think that's all for the news. Uh, Up next, we will go into basically everything that's happened so far in this bubble. Welcome back to the pod today, guys. We're going to get straight into it. Obviously, I have missed basically posting... Uh, the entire seeding games during the bubble and basically the first two rounds of this playoff. Uh, first, I just wanted to give my opinions and on what happened during the seeding games. Now, if you didn't know already, so the NBA started their bubble and they played eight regular season games. Uh, it's kind of going to just get rolling again and to uh, determine final playoff positions. Uh, some crazy things that happened. Damian Lillard went off for a crazy stretch. Uh, was just hitting shots from the logo, basically looking like Steph Curry out there. I mean, the dude was pulling up, was hot from everywhere on the court and just proved that he's definitely top three, if not top two point guard in this league. And he really impressed me. He even brought his Blazers to the eighth seed, even though I think the Phoenix Suns played even better as a team than the Blazers did went 8-0 in the bubble, which is insane for that Suns team. Devin Booker was on fire. The team was playing great. Cam, they got good, uh, good, good play from Cam Johnson, from Mikal Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. Everyone that was on the court was doing their job and playing hard. And really, I mean, they did everything they could. Obviously, they won all of their games to try to get in the playoff, and it still wasn't enough. Uh, after some uh, games at the end by the Blazers and Grizzlies, Blazers won against the Nets to clinch that final playoff seed as the eighth seed in the West. Uh, some other notable things that happened. <laughs> I think the Wizards went 1-7 and seven or 0-8. I'll have to fact check that. Um, it was a little, little rough for them. I don't think anyone expected them to do anything. Uh, also, the Nets struggled as well. I mean, Karis LeVert basically was the only guy out there that could score, uh, which is interesting. 
Uh, and some interesting play from the Lakers struggled as well. Couldn't really get anything going offensively. They were the second worst offensive team just uh, just above the Washington Wizards in the seeding games. And everyone was worried about them, but I think, I think we all thought they'd get back on track during the playoffs. Now, I want to get into my playoff bracket now. You guys might think that, oh, now he's going to try to see because he didn't mention his playoff bracket before, so now he won't. So now he'll just say, oh, yes, I thought that was going to happen. But I will promise you this was my playoff bracket that I chose and my, and my picks before the playoffs started. Now, we're going to start on the western side. Uh, the 1-8 and eight Lakers and Trailblazers, I had the Lakers winning in six. I really think the Trailblazers had a chance to uh, upset them after winning game one, but it just seemed like they ran out of gas, and Damian Lillard, yeah, was really out of gas himself, and so they ended up winning in five, so that was uh, pretty accurate. I, I guess the Blazers would get one more game out of them, but... Seems like, yeah, they just ran out of gas after that huge stretch uh, in the seeding games. Next was the Rockets and Thunder. Now, I thought this was going to seven games. I thought the Rockets were going to win, and that's what happened. Yeah, it went to seven games. Started off 2-0 for the Rockets. Looked like, I mean, at that point, Thunder were going to get swept, but then they brought it back 2-2, then 3-2, 3-3, and a great game seven where it was decided where. I don't know why they didn't just try to get – a lob to Steven Adams at the hoop at the end because, as we know, the Rockets play small ball with their lineups of Westbrook, Harden, Tucker, Tucker, PJ Tucker at the five. But PJ Tucker did play pretty well during the bubble uh, and playoffs as their basically their primary starting center, and he did play a pretty good job. I mean, even if him at six five, if you run a play for Steven Adams, even just like a screen play, even just throw it up to him for a layup at the end would have been good. But instead, Shigel just, just turns it over, and it's the end of the game. But Thunder played really, really well. I mean, obviously they outplayed everyone's expectations uh, this season. They thought they were just going to be a rebuilding team, but Chris Paul and, and the crew brought them to the fifth seed, and they played probably as good as they could have. And honestly, we're on the verge of uh, moving on to the next round. But I predicted that one correctly. Next, we have Nuggets and Jazz. I had Nuggets in six. Uh, I just thought that without Bogdanovich, the Jazz, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to really get anything going. Uh, but obviously, we saw a shootout with Nuggets in seven, one of the craziest series in the first round. Everyone thought this was just going to be a blowover. All the national media, all the podcasts that I listened to, everyone was like, yeah, we're not going to touch up with too much on this one. But insane performances from Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Uh, Donovan Mitchell obviously having two 50-point games. I think Jamal had two 50-point games as well. Um, just some insane stats from that game. Uh, an interesting stat brought up by one of the podcasts I listened to. Uh, the Nuggets were negative 48 after game four. So that means that they were outscored by 48 points in four games to the Jazz, down 3-1. And they ended up coming back and winning that series. Which is, you just never see anything like that. Um, yeah, so I had the Nuggets in six. I just, I, but I thought it was going to be uh, a lot better than, I mean, no one expected them to come back from, I mean, they have played, now including this Clippers game, which we'll get to. That's insane that they beat the Clippers. That would be their fourth straight game seven played 
in a series. Never happened before. Last year, they played a game seven against the Spurs, won that one, played a game seven against the Blazers, lost that one. Then this year, beat the Jazz in game seven, and now beat the Clippers. These guys, you, I mean, if they get into another clutch situation, I mean, you can't count out Jokic and uh, Murray now. They are legitimate guys at the end of games, or even just if they're down in series, you really can't count these guys out now. Uh, they they come to play. like I mean, at times they look like probably the worst playoff team in the playoffs. And then other, other, other times they make the other team look look stupid out there. And honestly, like with them beating this Clippers team, they could honestly make a run at the Lakers, but I guess we'll see what happens there. But again, I had them in six, but I did not think it was going to be Jazz all of a sudden at first. But yeah, one of the highest scoring series really ever, especially I don't think guys with multi, like have had multiple 40-point games on both teams ever. And yeah, just one of the most exciting games and series that we've seen uh, this playoffs. Last one in the Western Conference, I had Clippers in six, and that is what has ended up happening. They won in six against the Mavs. I was a little scared for them. Doncic uh, was a beast out there in the couple games they did win, but I mean, the Clippers just had too many guys for the Mavs, and Porzingis didn't play for half that series, so it was really Luka Doncic and some shooters against uh, the whole Clip squad. Um, so I, I predicted that one correctly as well. Uh, so we're going to go on the first round in the East. I had Bucks in five. I just didn't think – I predicted basically all the series. I just don't think there would be any sweeps, especially in the, in the bubble. I think just I, – I really thought that the lower seeds would be able to get at least one game, and that's what ended up happening. Magic won game one, just like Blazers, the eighth seed beat Lakers in game one. But – we had here the Bucks took care of business the rest of the games and showed them that they're way better than the Magic. Uh, next series I had, which was Pacers and Heat at the four and five. I had Heat in six. They ended up beating them, actually sweeping them, which was insane. The Heat have been playing amazing, uh, and they were actually my favorites for the championship for a little bit before I started picking this team is just very well-rounded. The way they play, they play with grit. Obviously, they have that Miami Heat culture, in quotes. Uh, and Jimmy Butler's perfect for that. But they they were just out, they outmatched the Pacers. The Pacers didn't have Sabonis this series. Uh, and I thought, I thought they were going to get a couple of games at least. But getting swept was not good. And that's what led to Nate McMillan getting fired. Next, we have the 3-6 and six series with the Celtics and Sixers. I thought there was going to be... I mean, no, sorry. Celtics in six. Uh, I think they ended up beating them in five. Let me double check that real quick. But, I mean, Ben Simmons had that knee injury. Um, and that whole team with Al Horford and Tobias Harris just been really dysfunctional. I mean, you'd think with all those big guys. I mean, a starting lineup of Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Embiid seems insane. But it really just doesn't work on the court. Um, and I wish it would because I'm a fan of the Sixers team. I thought they had a lot of talent going in, but just wasn't good. And so I did have the, a right that the Celtics winning. Um, 
the last series with the Raptors and Nets, I had the Raptors winning in five, but Raptors ended up sweeping them. Uh, not much to talk about in that series. Uh, all the Raptors played pretty well. Nothing, not much to say there. So that was the end of the first round. Uh, I did some pretty good predictions. I had a couple that were, I think I had all of the right teams moving on, which, which uh, I'm pretty excited about. So now we're moving on to the second round. Um, it was the Lakers playing the Rockets. Now I really had, I thought the Rockets really had a good chance. So I had Lakers in seven. I really think it could have gone either way. I thought the Rockets small ball was gonna give the Lakers issues. But LeBron James just showing why he's still, if not the best player in the world, with Anthony Davis, the best big in the league, just dominating this series. And really, I attribute Russell Westbrook to really being one of the Houston's, uh, really just one of their collapsing figures in the series. He was coming off a quad injury and also before the seeding games having COVID. I just... Uh, it was tough to see him play out there. He's just playing very bad. And at times it looked like he was really playing for this Lakers team. And But yeah, Lakers end up winning in five. So I was two games off there. But So after that, we have Nuggets, Clippers. I had Clippers winning in six. But this, wow. I don't know what's going to happen now. So, so the Clippers choked it last night. They choked a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. The Nuggets come back in another 3-1 deficit to come out on top. Jokic has been playing out of his mind. He's been playing like a number one option superstar out there. I mean, just hitting step back threes, no-look passes. I mean, most skilled big man right now, no question about it. The dude is a mastermind. Really, the only knock on him is his defense at times, but man, he... And Jamal Murray didn't even have the best series. I mean, I think he had like 40 yesterday in Game 7. They come back and win it and beat the Clippers. I don't know what this means for the Clippers. I mean, both PG and Kawhi played played awful. They played awful. And I just don't know what this means now. I mean, they were my favorites for the title. I picked them to win. I picked them to win over Boston. I just... Wow. And now they won't even be able to play the Lakers. Like, I think we were all excited for the city of L.A. matchup. And now we don't even get that. It's just crazy to me how deep that team was. It just seemed like watching these games, especially in the all three games they choked in game five, six, and seven, they just all look tired at times. It's like they would get up by a certain amount and then just coast. And then the Nuggets would take advantage of it and they wouldn't turn it back up. They just played awful at times. Didn't look like they wanted to be out there. I mean, I don't know what this means for the Clippers now. I mean, maybe, yeah, of course you have Kawhi and PG and you basically have the rest of the roster coming back next year. But if another second round exit, I mean, with the Warriors coming back and with teams in the West getting better and better, I mean, if an, another second round exit, do, do PG and Kawhi just leave in 2021 free agency? Like, I just, just so underwhelming. I mean, there was a joke on, on Twitter. KD, he choked a lead to the 73-9 Warriors. Steph and crew, they choked a lead to the legendary performance, like choked a 3-1 lead to the legendary performance of LeBron and Kyrie. 
You know who Kawhi choked a 3-1 lead to? The Nuggets. I mean, that's, that's being disrespectful to this Nuggets team. They played out of their minds. I mean, even guys, even Paul Millsap probably had the best six-point game ever. I mean, yeah, only six points, but he played played great defense. He did his role. So are all the other guys on this team. Michael Porter has stepped it up on defense. Him knowing Michael Porter has been known to be a defensive liability, but he really stepped up for this team. As well as guys like Jeremy Grant, Gary Harris. I mean, this this team is low key, low key pretty deep. Um, just a lot of their guys on the bench. They do have talent but are just very inconsistent off the bench. And I thought that's how it was going to be. I mean, usually that's what the LA Clippers are so good for, is that guys like Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, Landry Shamit are so consistent off the bench. But obviously Harrell playing uh, after he had to leave the bubble for uh, the sad funeral of his grandma, his late grandma, um, he just really wasn't in sync in any of these games. He just looked like... I mean, he hadn't played an NBA game before. I mean, he just won the Sixth Man of the Year award, but obviously that's a regular season award, just like all the other regular season awards. He just did not look like himself out there. Uh, and then Lou Will, that <laughs> the whole strip club thing, that, that was hilarious. Uh, him going to go get wings. I mean, yeah, he... Just all the guys just looked tired out there. It's like... aren't And then they tucked all this trash to like guys like Dame and just everyone. I mean, I've just never seen that much talk from a team that hasn't accomplished anything. I mean, obviously, guys like Kawhi have won titles before and finals MVPs. But this group, like this group together, hasn't done anything. The Clippers haven't made it to the Western Conference Finals ever. Never. And they act like they're just going to come walk in and come take the title. I believed in this team. They had the most deep roster out of anyone. I mean, and then they had guys like Kawhi, a top five player in the NBA. And you got guys like PG, who, when he's on and he's consistent, he's a fantastic player. But where do they go from here? I mean, I guess you just got to run it back. But this was their chance. The Bucks had taken themselves out of the series. And sorry, I'm, I'm kind of going away from my playoff predictions, but I had to kind of go off on this tangent. Just how, like, insane this loss was. Like, the Bucks were out, right? Like, I think the Clippers, with the Bucks out, Clippers could be anyone easily in the East. I mean, not, not with how they played right now. I mean, even with them going to Game 7, and it's, let's say they barely beat the Nuggets in Game 7. I don't think these guys make it to, like, six games with the Lakers with how, they playing, how they're playing and how good guys like Rajon Rondo are playing. Like... Again, like they talk so much trash during the season to everyone, to not even a team that's not even accomplished anything, can't even make it past the conference finals, and continues, continues the streak. I mean, basically, since they've been the LA Clippers, have never made it to the Western Conference Finals. Very disappointing. I, I, they were my favorites for sure, and just really poor performances, especially from PG. He had a couple good games in the Mavs series, but really just played awful throughout the playoffs. He should be now known as Pandemic P, as we all know. Uh, we'll get back on to that, that rant later. Um, we'll go back on to the two second-round series in the East. I had the Heat in seven. 
beating the Milwaukee Bucks. You can go ahead and say BS. I had them. I told everyone before, I said, this Heat team matches up very well with the Bucks. You know what the Bucks do? The Bucks on defense, they allow the most threes in the NBA. Statistically, that's what they want to do. They pack the paint with guys like Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez. They pack the paint. They force you to take threes. They want that from you. Their defense, they, they do a lot of some switching, and they pack the paint. You know who shoots threes very, very well this season? The Miami Heat. Miami Heat have Duncan Robinson, who's had one of the best shooting seasons really of all time. He's come out to be a top five shooter in the NBA. I mean, the dude can come off screens, can come off the dribble. I mean, he's a, he's a lot better, obviously, catch and shoot. I mean, it re- it's really tough to be like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and Trey Young off the dribble from three. Like, that takes some special skill. But Duncan Robinson, and then you've got Tyler Hero, one of my favorite guys in the league right now. Obviously, if you've seen uh, my Instagram, uh, I actually have a, p- a post uh, with me wearing a Miami Heat jersey, Tyler Hero. I love Tyler Hero. Uh, I thought he was a, like, he was a steal at pick 13. I watched the dude in college a little bit. I can just score, and he is... He has that dog in him. Like he, he wants to go out there. He wants to score. I mean, it's it's just been shown. What whoever they put on him, whoever the Bucks did, whoever the Pacers did, he just wants to go at him. And yes, he he still has you know like a lot of guys, a lot of rookies and young guys still struggles with defense. But he played very very well on the defensive end for the during the Bucks and now the Celtics series. The dude's just been given so much effort. I love the way he plays. Yeah, again, they space the floor out. Jay Crowder can shoot it. Uh, yeah, that's what they do. And then they match up very well defensively. Uh, they can throw a lot of guys at Giannis. Uh, they got Bam, who's known as the Giannis stopper. Uh, yeah, you can throw Bam. You can throw, they can throw Iggy, Crowder, Butler. They had so many guys that could throw at Giannis that series. And this is what, like, the epitome of small market teams, right? Teams like the Jazz, the Kings, the Bucks are still like they most of them the owners aren't willing to go over the luxury tax. And that's an issue. I think that's what really cost the Bucks this year is not re-signing Brogdon. They didn't want to go over the tax. Brogdon, I thought was the second most impl- important player for this team, even more than Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's a great player. And I think he deserves his all-star selection. But he's really not a creator. He's not really that second ball handler. You think Eric Bledsoe could be that. Eric Bledsoe has played like garbage the last three or four playoffs. Like, he's not really that... He, he can handle the ball, but he's not really a, like a creator for himself or others. I mean, he's a detriment to the team when he just comes dribbles down early in the shot clock and just takes mid-range shots from the elbow. It's just not consistent basketball. Malcolm Brogdon would have been that second guy other than Giannis to create shots. Another guy that can hit threes consistently. Another guy that can be reliable on defense. I love Malcolm Brogdon. And they should have spent the luxury tax instead of trading him. Sign and trade. I thought they, they, they probably would have made – that probably would have been the deciding factor. An extra guy that can be a reliable ball handler and shot creator. That's what the – I mean, 
And another factor is that Budenholzer, the Bucks coach, just doesn't want to go away from what he does. One of the best regular season coaches last couple years. But when he gets to the playoffs, he doesn't want to change anything up. I mean, you go down 2-0 to the heat. You're the first seed, right? You think, huh, maybe we need to change something up. Throw a different style defense at him. Maybe we're going to throw like a box at one at Jimmy or something. Or maybe throw Giannis on some. I mean, he wouldn't even have Giannis. I mean, Giannis was asked post-game. And basically, he was saying... <laughs> it's like some, a reporter asked him and said, why don't you guard Jimmy? And Giannis just said, it's not what Bud wants me to do. I, I just don't understand it. It's like, yeah... But Bud Boonholzer is just like, well, it better work. No, that's what the playoffs are about. Is scheming. You got to change. As as successful it was as it was in the regular season, that that's a lot of guys can do really well in the regular season. But when it comes to playoff time, that's when the real players are shown. Because when you come into a playoff series, you're playing a minimum of four games against this opponent. Straight four straight games against this opponent, right? At least. Four to seven games. You can game plan for that team then. You don't have to worry about, oh, we're going to play five games in seven nights and, you know, we'll just take it easy on these uh, smaller teams. No, now teams can game plan. Now teams can game plan against Giannis like the Heat did. The Heat defensively just screwed him over. Now, you can say that was a questionable call at the end of game two where where Giannis uh, fouled um, Jimmy Butler on the shot. But then you can also say it was a makeup call for the refs calling that weak foul. Uh, I think it was on Drogic that fouled Middleton to even give the three free throw attempts to even tie up the game. But, I mean, yeah, again, it could be a just makeup call. But even if, they still got dominated in the series. And in game five, they, they should have been swept, but thanks to an overtime uh, performance by... Chris Middleton, they didn't get swept. But we all knew they, they, were, they were losing this series. And it's going to be very interesting. Now, I mean, Giannis has come out and said, hey, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave the Bucks." And he had a lunch with the ownership the other day, ownership group. But, I mean, people say stuff all the time. KD said he wanted, he wanted to stay in OKC. What happened? He left. Didn't Gordon Hayward say something like, to all you Jazz fans, say, yeah, I love the Jazz. Oh, I'd love to stay. And then hours later, he puts out a letter about how he's joining the Celtics. Right? I don't take anyone's words in Sam's NBA. Seriously. Like, he could demand a trade next month. He could demand a trade in the middle of next season. I think it's going to be really interesting. The Bucks have to go big or go home. Right? Because even a lot of ideas that have come out, trading for Chris Paul. Yes, his contract is awful at his age. But I think Chris Paul would be a really good guy with Giannis, running pick and roll with Giannis. Chris Paul has been one of the best pick and roll guys in the league, in history even. Run, them running pick and roll, if you've got to throw in a package of Brooke Lopez, basically anyone but Giannis and Middleton for Chris Paul to make a run at the championship next year, I think it's worth it. Because even if you're overpaying Chris Paul, obviously, and into the luxury tax, you're going to lose a lot more money if you lose Giannis, Right? You're not going to have that star play anymore. And you're going to go back to mediocrity. What, is Chris Middleton going to carry your team? No. Chris Middleton's like a Pascal Siakam. Right? And there's nothing wrong with being a sidekick, a really, really good sidekick. 
But it's been shown that in the next series we'll talk about, Siakam is limited. He can't be a first option guy. But when he's not the focal point of the defense, and he's the second guy shooting corner threes, getting the post-ups you want, the little spin he loves, then they're really good. But guys like that can't, can't run a team. And they'll go back to mediocrity. They need Giannis to stay. This ownership group needs to take risks. They already made a mistake with letting Brogdon go. Now they have to somehow bring something together. Because if Giannis doesn't demand a trade, well, if you don't do anything next season, and you don't show him that... Because he said, oh, I want to stay here. Yes, again, many people have said that and they leave. If they can't show Giannis that they'll build the best team to try and win, and they're serious about winning and going to the luxury tax, Giannis is leaving in 2021. Whether that's obviously free agency, getting traded before, a sign-in trade. I mean, Giannis is too good for him not to try to get a ring. And I think the Bucks, Bucks made a mistake by not re-signing Brogdon. I think it really screwed them over in this series. But you also have to give credit to the Miami Heat. They are some great, great basketball players. A great Pat Riley and Eric Spolster have been a great duo in Miami. Obviously seen with the LeBron, uh, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, Heedles era. But this team is so fun to watch. Definitely, I'm rooting for them in the East to get out of the East. Uh, they're just like, I mean, and then Jimmy Butler, I mean, perfect situation for him. Uh, he's just a leader. No matter, like, he's like one of the guys, he could have 40 points one game and like 10 points another game, but he still affects the game insanely. Like, he impacts the game on another level. Yeah, he may have 10 points one game, but he's the leader out there on the floor of this Heat team. And it's going to be exciting to watch this uh, the rest of the Celtic series with them. But, yeah, again, I had the Heat in seven. I did not. I thought it was going to be a battle, and I thought the Heat had the guys to do it. I didn't think it was going to be in five games or even almost a sweep. The last uh, second-round series that happened was Boston and Toronto. One, one of the better series I've seen in a while. I knew this was going to be a good one. Uh, I had Boston in six, though. And it went seven. I mean, Boston could have swept. Boston dominated game one. It was a close game two. I mean, it's just shown, this series has shown that Siakam is, a, is I mean, one of the best, if not the best, one of the best second guys, one of the best sidekicks in the league. But it also showed, now this year, that he's technically the first option. He, can't, he doesn't have that much. He's not a guy you can just give the ball to in ISO or create. He has two favorite spots, right? He's got the corner three ball. And he's got that, that spin move that just pisses me off. Like, he can do all sorts of moves in the post. But we know he wants to go right shoulder. He wants to spin off you. And the, and the heat, and like any team they play, the Celtics knew that. They can game plan. They know. They're like, Siakam's going to the shoulder. No matter how many moves he makes, he wants to get here. He only has a few moves. But when he's not the focal point like last year with Kawhi, he's a really good player. He's a really good second guy when the focal point isn't on him. Obviously in that game three, really close game at the end, Taco Fall guarding the inbound against Kyle Lowry. 
like just the perfect pass. I I give Kyle Lowry crap a lot of times, but he's really I think he's still an underrated player. Through the perfect pass from out of bounds into OG OG Ananobi's shooting pocket. Right? Like 0.5 seconds left. You have to get it in the shooting pocket and release. Boom. If it would have been an, any other inaccurate pass, he wouldn't have got it off in time. Now, it was a mistake by Jalen Brown, as you saw. Should have gone out. Back. I guess he was scared of the, of the cut. I don't know who was cutting there. I think it was Gasol. He should have gone out there to contest. But he still got out there with a decent contest. But, I mean, if it wasn't for that shot, I think the Celtics were going to sweep him. But that gave the Raptors momentum. And they played pretty well. I mean, game six of this series, one of the better playoff games we've seen for a while. I think it went two or three overtimes. Just some insane play by Norman Powell in overtime. Uh, some would say at the end of regulation, uh, Kemba Walker was uh, foul in the last play. But again, you kind of got to take that for granted. Refs will do makeup calls every now and then, and I don't know. Refs have always been questionable in the NBA. But Celtics pulled out in Game 7. Fantastic. I think they deserve to move on. Uh, I mean, the Raptors played pretty decently, but I mean, it comes to a point where it's like, oh, we have, we don't have like an actual superstar, right? We don't have a, t- I don't think Pascal's top 25. He had a, t- he definitely had an all NBA season, but I mean, again, if you're talking like individual guys with talent, is he really top 20 or top 25? You can only go so far. Even as the Spurs, like, I mean, the Spurs just had a formula. The Raptors, you can only go so far with just a ragtag, I mean, not really a ragtag group of guys, but just a lot of really, really good guys. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Soul, and then you got guys off the bench. But yeah, again, you can only go so far with that. And I thought that just the Celtics just had a lot better offensively. They had better wings in this series. Jason Tatum played well. The games that Kemba played well, here's the thing. Games that Kemba did not play well were close or the Raptors won. Whenever Kemba played very well, the Celtics won. I think that's going to be the key in the Heat series too. If Kemba Walker can play well alongside Tatum, I think the Celtics have, I mean, no one else in the league was top five offensively and defensively. Daniel Tice has also been playing very well for them. And Robert Williams hasn't been playing awful. I mean, Robert Williams is usually known to be a defensive liability because he just fouls so much. But even the small minutes they get from Enos Kanner, um, they've been playing very well. And I like the play from Jalen Brown. I mean, they've just got so many wings to throw at guys. I mean, yeah, you've got like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart to put on your two best wing and guards. And then even Jason Tatum's a pretty decent defender. He's long. He's lengthy. He's not the biggest guy muscularly, but he's, he's a lengthy dude. And, I mean, I guess, of course you can hide Kemba on anyone else, but great series there. Now, we're going to get into now. Uh, I'm going to first tell you who I thought was going to be in the final four or the conference finals, then my prediction, but then I'll go into how I think these series will actually turn out with the teams there. Uh, the Western Conference, I had, of course, Lakers and Clippers. I had Clippers. 
in six or seven, obviously the now it's the Nuggets there. And I, I just thought the Clippers were deeper than the Lakers, and I thought that was going to do it with – but because, I mean, you look at the top four guys. Let's say you go LeBron, Kawhi, AD, PG, right? But then you go three through eight. Who had the best three through eight after that? I thought the Clippers did, right? And depth matters in the playoffs. But who knows now? The Battle of LA will not go on. In the East, I had the Heat and Celtics. I had the Celtics winning in seven. I thought this was going to be a really good series. Uh, but I think the Celtics just have too many wings. I like this team. Got some good young guys. Got some, and, and then they have Hayward coming back for the, actually this series right now. So I, I think they just have too many guys. They have some great defensive players, some great scores. They're just very well-rounded. And I think Danny Ainge, of course, one of the best GMs in the league with some of the moves he's done, has really set this team up for success. And I think they're still going to be they're going to be title contenders in the East for years to come. Now in the finals, I had the Clippers winning in six. Uh, like I mean, you got guys like Kawhi and PG to throw on Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, whoever you want to do. But obviously, that's not a reality now. Clippers are home, going home. Now, I'm going to make my predictions for L.A. and Denver. It would be an insane story if Denver came back 3-1 in this series, too. I just think it's the end of the road for them. Two 3-1 deficits overcome. They have to be just gassed now. I mean, that's what we thought after the Jazz series. But they're back now. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm going to go Lakers in five. I know I'm underestimating the Nuggets, and I have this whole time. I just – I thought they were gassed out last time, but I think they're going to be gassed out now. They don't have anyone for AD. They can throw guys like Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Gary Harris on LeBron, but they just – they don't have anyone for AD. Jokic is going to get eaten alive. But AD. And the Lakers bench guys have been playing very well. I just think this is the end of the road. I have Lakers in five. Uh, yeah, Lakers are just going to be too much. And I have them moving on to the finals from this matchup. Now, in the East, we have Celtics heat, which I did predict. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I have the Celtics moving on. Yeah, so we have Lakers and Celtics. Now, this would be perfect for NBA ratings, right? Oh, in L.A., because obviously, if you, don't, if you didn't know, Boston and L.A. both have the most NBA titles in NBA history. I'm going to look up these stats for sure. Um, I do know the Lakers, I think, have 17 and Celtics have 16. No, okay, no, that's turned around. Celtics have 17. And I believe the Lakers have 16. Yeah. So, I mean, these are two of the most storied franchise in NBA history, franchises in NBA history. This would be great for NBA ratings. Saying, so oh, wow, Lakers and Celtics, another matchup. This would be just a fantastic series to watch, I think. Putting up kind of a rematch between LeBron and Jason Tatum and the Celtics team, right? Celtics in 2018. Uh, we're, I, I think they oh yeah, they were brought to Game 7. 
by LeBron and the Cavs. But Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, this team was just was too young. But now they're going to face LeBron again. But LeBron will have AD instead of a, uh, a Kevin Love, who I just believe in. I mean, I just believe in that series. I mean, it, even his whole time, his career in Cleveland, I thought he was misused. I mean, he's basically just a spot-up shooter where in Minnesota, he was like an automatic 25 and 15 dude every single night. Now he has to do something. I mean, of course he's a decent shooter, but now he was thrust into a role, but that besides the point. Yeah, another matchup and a 2008 NBA Finals rematch where the Celtics actually beat the Lakers in that series. Now, if we look, I think they also matched up in the 2009 NBA Finals. No, 2009, Lakers faced the Magic. And in 2010, the Lakers faced the Spurs, I think. Oh, they faced the Celtics again. Okay, so yeah, a rematch from the 2010 NBA Finals. This would be pretty good for NBA ratings. I don't know. I say Lakers. Lakers. Lakers in six. I want to go seven because that would be amazing. It could be either team. I mean, I mean, LeBron and AD would probably still score 30 each, right? They'll get theirs. I think it just comes down to how well overall each team does. Because, like, if the Lakers bench doesn't show up, let's say Gordon Hayward scores 18 off the bench. If they bring him off the bench, he puts up 18. This, the Celtics team, I really like them a lot, but... I just I just trust LeBron. I mean, LeBron's been in these, obviously, many finals situations, no matter if <laughs> I go off about his finals record. But he has been in nine finals, so he has the experience. He has it over, he has it over guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, who <laughs> Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have more playoff experience than that dude, even Gordon Hayward. I just trust LeBron more than this. I know LeBron and AD. I know at least LeBron will get it done. AD, who knows? That's my... I know LeBron will do his thing. I trust him. I don't trust the rest of the team. That's going to be a fun series if that does happen. But I do have... Right now, the Lakers got to be the favorites with the Bucks and Clippers out. Lakers will be winning the championship, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's really the bubble up to this point. Uh, next, we're going to get into an interesting topic. Uh, we're going to talk about do NBA teams buy championships? Uh, I recently got into a discussion, actually today, with one of my roommates today about it. Uh, he discussed the Warriors buying their KD championships. But when you really think about it, right, don't most teams, because in that sense, don't most teams buy their championships, right? We'll get into that next. Welcome back to the pod, guys. I'm excited to get into this segment. Uh, I did have a pretty heated uh, uh, discussion with my buddy Jake about this topic. Now, what his argument was, and we're going to kind of go into it, was that the 2015 title was earned, but the Warriors bought their other two championships in this era. 
Now, so his argument is because they got KD. So if we're going to make the argument that it's free agency-wise, a lot more teams are more guilty of this. I, my argument is they earned this, right? The Golden, This has a lot to do, we'll get into kind of the market situation. The Golden State Warriors were a small market team, small to mid-market team, up until this time, right? They earned this. No, no, no free agent wanted to come to Golden State, right? Ever since the TMC era of Tim Hardaway... Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond. I mean, we drafted. I think we got Chris Webber in the draft. Antoine Jameson. None of them stayed. Latrell Sprewell didn't stay, right? We got Baron Davis in free agency, and he was a good player. Obviously, led the We Believe Warriors to beat the Mavs, the first overall seed in the 2007 playoffs. But if we're gonna talk like these they, they weren't getting anyone in free agency come on when Steph Curry was drafted yes they were, they were an awful team right they got a ragtag group of guys with Monte Ellis uh, I think that yeah that team had like Reggie Williams Ekpe Udo just just an awful awful team and there was no, I mean, no end in sight. I mean, the, the year after, they were like, they were thinking about trading Steph instead of Monte Ellis. Which would have really set, derailed them. Yeah, so we're going to go look at this roster here. Yeah, oh, yeah, Marcus Williams as well. I mean, Raja Bell, Kalina Azkabuki, Andreas Biedrins, Stephen Jackson. I mean, this team was just... And Ronnie Turioff, Anthony Tolliver, Anthony Randolph, Vladimir Rodmanovich, Anthony Morrow. Like, do any of those guys excite you? Corey Maggette. No, no, none of those guys actually did anything in the NBA. If, if mere bench players. This team was awful. This team was awful through the 2000s and in, in late 90s. They were a small market. To get to the point they were to sign arguably the best scorer of all time... It just, it doesn't make sense to me that, oh, they bought the championship, right? They drafted Steph Curry in 2009. Again, I don't want to seem biased as a Warriors fan. I try to come at everything unbiased. But when they make an argument, because I feel like most of it is fueled by hate. The Warriors cheated. They did this. This team was that good, blah, blah, blah. That happens to every team that's really good, right? What about the three-peat Lakers? The six-time champ Bulls. All these teams that were dominant. People were like, yeah, they're cheating, all this stuff. In a couple of years, I think it'll boil over and people will finally realize, wow, that 16-17 Warrior squad, I mean, in my opinion, the best team of all time, they'll probably realize, wow, that team was insane. Now, yeah, we're going to get to the point of how, it led, how we led to get, getting KD. Steph Curry drafted in 9 Clay Thompson drafted in 11. Draymond Green drafted in 2012, I believe. It was the year Anthony Davis was drafted. I think that was also the Harrison Barnes draft. Now, let me take a look here. Yeah, so they picked up Curry in 09, Ekpe Udo in 10, Clay in 2011, Draymond. 
and Harrison Barnes in 2012. They got Kevon Looney in 2015. They built this team from the ground up. Three out of their four All-Stars from 2016-2017 were homegrown. These guys were drafted. We built these guys' careers. Draymond Green was like, no one expected him to be this good. And then he came out as one of the better, probably, I mean, obviously the best role player, one of the best role players of all time. Role players. Like, and this team, once he got together with Steph, Clay, Draymond, that kind of core, and then they traded Montalas for Bogut. That was his team. A starting lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, and Bogut. How many of those guys are homegrown, drafted by the team? Four out of five of those stars are drafted by the team. This team built its way to what the big market that it is now. The market that the team is one of the most valuable franchises in American sports. Right? This, when Joe Lakeup and that ownership group bought the Warriors, I think it was in 2009 or 2010, they bought it for $450 million. You know how much it's worth today? Over $4 billion. That doesn't come from cheating or from signing guys or buying championships. Right? In 2013, they lost against, I think it was, was it the Clippers? I know of 13 and 14, they lost to the Clippers and Nuggets in the first rounds. Right? But this team was looking up. And this team, they signed Iguodala, a really good role player. They signed Livingston, Leandro Barbosa, some small guys that would add to the system. And they won the ship that year. No one thought they were going to be that good. They thought it was just going to be another Spurs and OKC run. The Warriors outplayed their expectations and earned that championship. Great roster. First-year head coach Steve Kerr thrown in a new offense for Stephen Curry. And they played their minds out. Now, I got to that point, right? The next year after, one of the best teams of all time, 73-9. and They start the season 24-0 with that same roster coming back, right? The only superstar on the team you can really argue is Steph Curry at that time. People weren't even thinking about Klay Thompson like that. They just thought he was like, oh, he's a three and, really good 3-D guy. He's a good sidekick, right? I mean, this team was so well-built. From the, again, there are four main guys in the, in the closing lineup, which ended up the death lineup. Four of the five guys in their death lineup, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and Harrison, were all homegrown. Again, coaches like Mark Jackson paved the way. Steve Kerr came in with a new offense, new system. And yeah, these guys go to 73-9. Come back from a 3-1 lead against the Thunder. And then, sadly, choke a lead, 3-1 lead to the, the Cavs after that. Right? And, to their, and so they're, they've, they've proved themselves to be a really good team at this point. Right? 73-9. Now, 2016, that offseason, was when the cap spiked again. Right? It grew a bunch. 
This is what allowed the opportunity of the Warriors to sign KD. The whole decision was, we're going to keep the same band back band together, you know, same core of guys. And Harrison Barnes, that was his free agency. If we can't get KD, we keep we re-sign Barnes. If we get KD, we let Barnes go. And we have the opportunity to sign KD. Who does not take this offer? Who? If you're tell me which GM doesn't they earned the right to sign Kevin Durant. You can go ahead. I'm not I'm not trying to argue that it wasn't a snake move by Durant or that it, they shouldn't have done it. Whatever. If this is your team and you're trying right, you just lost the finals last year and you're trying to get better. Wouldn't you want to sign a guy like Katie? It's not cheating. What you try to do as a GM and as a front office, your main goal is to win, right? If you can, as good as the Warriors were the last season before, if you can add more pieces, why wouldn't you? Why? As cheap as you want to think it is, why? I don't think they bought those last two championships. You can say that Kevin Durant uh, had an easy way to his championships, but you can't argue that the Warriors bought those. Because... I mean, it depends on how, if you want to count all these other titles, bought. But if we're going to say, hey, all those other ones were earned. Just because the Warriors got even better with KD doesn't mean these were bought. They earned their way from a small market team to being on the map, to breaking the NBA season record, to getting to that position to sign Kevin Durant. Getting into that position to be a welcomed free agency destination for one of the best scorers of all time. They earned their way to that. Right? They didn't just... It's not like they were a small market team not doing much. And then they just offered Katie $40 million and bought him to come here. They earned that. Because we're going we're gonna to go into comparing it to other teams. Other dominant teams. I'm going through the, the uh, past champions... You can go with the Cavs. Obviously, that 2016 title. Are you going to argue that that one was bought? Homegrown Kyrie Irving. But you sign LeBron back. You can, well, he was drafted there, okay. But they signed him back after he left. So they bought him. They also traded for Kevin Love. They also did all this other stuff, right? Is that championship bought? Now, we go to the Spurs. Obviously, Parker, Duncan, Ginobili spent... All their careers basically in the Spurs. We, we know homegrown. Miami Heat. <laughs> if any team bought their championships, it's the Miami Heat, right? D-Wade, obviously homegrown there. But they bought LeBron and they bought Bosch. Right? And they signed the other guys. They already had Mario Chalmers. So is that championship bought? Can you make the same argument there? Just, just because the Warriors team was really good and signed another piece to their team. You do that. You take that in an instant. I just don't get how that could be bought. Dallas Mavericks, homegrown. Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, they got Kobe. They still had Lamar, Odom. You can argue. But what I want to argue is that the Lakers, is it the three-peat Lakers? Right? Homegrown Kobe, but they signed Shaq. 
Is that, are those championships bought? Are they? I don't know. Is the, two, is the 2008 Boston Celtics team bought? The only homegrown, homegrown guy, oh, guys, I guess were Rondo and Paul Pierce. But then they brought over Garnett and Ray Allen, right? Did they buy themselves into a championship? It just depends. I'm not trying to downplay whatever Jake said or what anybody else would say. Because I know, again, it's like, yeah, your team's the Warriors, so of course you're going to argue for them. But it's like people want to have arguments for the Warriors and be like, they were already one of the best teams of all time, so why do they have to sign this guy? But then you want to have an actual discussion about who's the best team of all time, and they're like, they're not even close. They wouldn't even touch the Bulls, the 96 Bulls. Well, then, because it's the same people that piss me off when they're like, well, the Warriors had four all-stars with Draymond Green. I mean, yeah, four all-stars, so they're including Draymond in that. But then when you want to have a discussion about how good Draymond is, they're like, he didn't deserve to be an all-star. So, of course, they use the stats when it's convenient for them, when they're like, well, yeah, they had four all-stars. But then in other conversations, they don't want to, they don't want to include Draymond Green in those conversations. So that's, that's just my thing. Chicago Bulls. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you'd really, because they did, two of their best guys are homegrown. Then they bought Pitt, basically bought Rodman. Right, they brought on Rodman. So that was that's kind of my rant. Uh, I think all NBA ch- titles are earned. I think they are, right? I whether that's the Golden State Warriors, whether that's the three Pete Lakers, whether that's the Bulls, I think all titles are earned. It was shown last season, even, even with I, I mean, yeah, KD was out. For most of that series. With the Raptors. But the Raptors won. They earned that. Right? They played a tough series against the Sixers. They beat the Bucks. They faced adversity. I mean, even, even without KD, this Warriors team was very good. I mean, every championship was earned. That's just my opinion. You can, you can say, oh, the Warriors unfairly. They got themselves into that position. Right? With who they drafted and their player development. If it wasn't for that, KD wouldn't have come to the Warriors. They earned that. They didn't cheat their way to that. They earned that. People forget. Again, before the dynasty, people forget how bad this Warriors team was for a bit. And even pre-dynasty, between Steph Curry, Steph Curry coming in the league, and the pre-dynasty, between the five-year dynasty. That team was they went in the playoffs a couple of years, but they still knew the Warriors as uh, their you know Western Conference team. Sometimes, sometimes not, and people seem to forget that. And now that they went in this five year run, it's like wow, they cheated. I just obviously the Warriors got lucky with the cap spike in 2016, allowing them to sign KD, and that happens. Teams get lucky. The Miami Heat were lucky enough to clear up enough space in 2010. To bring on LeBron and Chris Bosh with D Wade, as lo- as well as their supporting cast, right? And it's unfortunate. And I mean, for the Warriors to get that lucky, not many small market teams get that lucky, right? Teams like the Bucks, teams like the Jazz, teams like the Kings, even teams like the Thunder. They have to take every move they make into consideration, and it was the Warriors for a while, right? 
to keep fans interested. It's not like the Lakers where, no matter if they suck or not, people are going to show up to the games. It's like the Pistons right now. They're mediocre. No one shows up to the games. They're, they don't make much, like, they're in trouble not making money. That's what small market teams really worry about a lot of times. And that's why, that's why Giannis is so worried about, you know, we're so worried about the Bucks right now. Is that ownership group willing to spend more money to keep Giannis? Right? They're wor- that's why they traded Malcolm Brogdon. Because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax. They're so worried about money. Right? And maybe, maybe at some point in the 2020s, maybe the Kings, maybe the Jazz, draft a couple more guys. Let's say the Kings finally hit on a couple draft picks. Right? And they build their way up into the playoffs. They have a great season. And then the next season, they're able to sign a really good free agent. Right? I, I do think part of the Warriors' success and them being able to sign KD and get to that point was luck. But that's with a lot of things, right? I mean, the Lakers could have lost, could not even gone to the 01 or 02 Lakers finals. I think it was, it was a strategic call in one of the Western Conferences against the Kings that really, I mean, if, they, if the call is made, the Kings could have been title. Like, could have been in the title that year, right? Sometimes you just get lucky. The Warriors had their luck going, and their luck ran out at the end of 2019, right? Cousins was out most of the year. Durant was out most of the playoffs, and that, and he, and that Raptors said, and Clay went out, and our luck ran out. And that happens. The Lakers were awful for five years until they got LeBron. Again, I just want to make a point, and I'm not trying to be biased because I'm trying to come up with this. I don't think those titles are bought. You earn those titles. No matter how good your team is. It was just shown this year, the Clippers. Yes, maybe not on the level of the Warriors or any of the all-time teams. But one those, that, that was one of the deepest teams we've seen in a while. Since the Warriors, since some of these other teams. And they underwhelmed. They were too arrogant. It takes a lot to get it, it takes a lot out of you to get the finals. No, as much crap as I give LeBron for losing that many finals, it takes a toll on you and it, it takes mental toughness to get that far every single year. To not slow down. To not cruise like like the Clippers did. Right? I thought I thought they were gonna be title favorites, and they cruised. It takes takes a lot more than just talent. That's why people want to also make the argument. Steve Kerr isn't a good coach. I, didn't, I never thought he's Greg Popovich, but I think he's a good coach. To be able to manage two top five players, Steph Curry and KD, on the same team and get, this, get the touches they want. Be happy offensively. Both score like 30 points. That, that does take, I mean, people don't take that consideration. Chemistry. It's really important. I think that's what led to the Warriors being so good is that their chemistry with their homegrown guys was so good. That's why the Miami Heat didn't win a game. Uh, Didn't win against the Mavs in 2011, right? They just thought, we're just going to sweep through. We are the favorites. We got Bosh. We got Wade. We got LeBron. We got Mike Miller off the bench. We got uh, Joel Anthony. We got all these guys. We got Mario Chalmers. They didn't have the chemistry in that first final series. Mavs beat them in six. They weren't mentally tough that series. So, like again, if it, if it wasn't earned, I just I don't get how it cannot be earned. 
as much as you want to say it's cheating, they got another great after going 73-9. Again, no matter how good you are this season before, aren't you always trying to get better? Just kind of in life, right? No matter how good you are in life right now, no matter if, oh, I'm happy with my salary. I'm happy with my grades in school right now. I'm happy where my life is, right? You don't want to be stay stagnant or go backwards. You always want to move forward. You always want to do better. And that's what I felt like any other team in the Warriors position, of course you'd side Kevin Durant. No question. You're not going to be like, nah, we got to prove the win without him. No. As a general manager, Bob Myers is going to sign him. It's an interesting topic. Because you could say teams like the Lakers. It, it's like in other sports. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. Do they buy all their championships? Right? I mean, they literally take... Everyone, anyone that's like, they don't have to develop anyone. I mean, obviously they've developed, I think, Aaron Judge. I don't know that much about baseball, but I do know that any other guy, any other superstar that's developed in another market wants to become free agents, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, any of the big markets, sweep them up immediately, right? So do they buy championships? Do the Lakers buy championships? Do any of these big teams buy championships? I just don't think, really, I think every championship is earned. No matter what free agents you sign, no matter if, like, it's, again, I think every championship is earned. The Warriors grew their team from a small market. They developed their guys with the picks. They didn't even have any first picks. They had pick, is it, uh, pick seven. Yeah, that's right. Pick seven with Curry, because it was behind Johnny Flynn and, (laughs) <laughs> Ricky Rubio. Pick 11 with Clay. Pick 7 with Harrison Barnes while we had him. Late second round pick with Draymond. I mean, these aren't we, we didn't have like four first first uh, overall picks. We developed these guys and got and signed key bench and role players and earned all of our championships. And brought us from a small market team to a big market team. Again, I'd love to have any, any sort of conversation like this. If you want to get on the pod and have a discussion like this with me, I would be very happy to do that. Um, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, yeah, obviously, we can, yeah, we can talk about really trade scenarios, interesting stuff like this, our championships bought. Uh, again, send them my way. Send anything again. My Twitter is at DC Hoops Five, at DC Hoops Five. I'm gonna be trying to post there a lot more often. Post hot takes. Uh, I follow a lot of good inside insiders in the NBA. We'll be sharing any uh, necessary information you need to know about the NBA. Again, I will be posting this podcast about one to two times a week, and uh, really, I'll just be going off. I mean, I'll have some ideas, of course, always lined up. If you have a specific topic you want me to talk about on the pod, uh, let me know. Of course, send them in the mail in the mailbag if you want me to talk like a whole podcast about it. Or if it's something small, just send it in the mailbag, of course, to my Twitter. Or if you have my phone number or Snapchat, Instagram, just DM me and let me know what you want me to talk about. Um, it was fun. I was really excited again to uh, record this pod. I really needed to get recording again. It's just, it's something that really take me away from, you know, the stress of school and life. Uh, I think it's really important, again, to balance yourself in life. 
Uh, at times I've had troubles with that. Sometimes I'll get too much into something like playing video games or just like being on my phone too much or, um, yeah, again, like focusing too much on schoolwork. Uh, it's really important. I've definitely learned if you need help with that, uh, just if, yeah, if something is overwhelming you, try to, try to work something that you enjoy into your life. If you can, even if it's like for 30 minutes, if you enjoy playing sports, if you enjoy playing an instrument, try, just try to work that into your life. I know it'll help you out. And I hope all of you guys have had a great day today. Again, a little bit longer pod, but I had to kind of cover everything from the bubble as well as this interesting topic. Uh, again, I, I hope everyone's had a great day. Uh, I'm recording this Wednesday. This should be out by 9 p.m. on Wednesday. And I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll keep you guys updated on, of course, and also the Instagram is DC underscore hoops. Follow that page as well. I'll be posting any updates about, uh, I'll just be posting like basically basketball stuff, any updates on the NBA. I want to start maybe at some point recording like 2K videos. I don't know. Let me know if you guys want me to work those into, into the lineup. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably just post those on YouTube or something. I don't know. Don't, if I have enough time, I would. Uh, just let me know. Again, if you guys have any ideas, let me know. And hope you guys have a great rest of your day.